Well, hello, everybody. I'm Dale Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins. And this is the Dale and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Look at your merch. I know it finally came in, y'all. Come and gay rights. Look at you. Stay there. Oh. Well, that is there. just so excellent. There we go. All right. How are you, sir? I'm just fine. Hey, everybody, come on in, gather around. Please share the broadcast with your friends. Don't hide us in the corner like a dirty little secret mistress. Uh, whether you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope on Twitter, hi. And now, of course, we are going out across all the airwaves. You can subscribe and hear us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Amazon. You can tell Alexa to play us, and you'll hear our voice all through your house like it's a haunted Halloween. I do. I just love that you did all that. Jimmy does everything. I just, uh, you know, show up. But uh, we're everywhere. I think I said the Dylan Emerson Show. Everywhere. 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 Hey, and, and for all you regulars here at the top of the show, I put the iTunes link in the chat. I'll do it again at the end. If y'all will just hit that and write us a sweet little glowing review and click five stars, It'll help other people find us and, you know, give us an inflated sense of self-confidence. <laughs> Do not give us one star. Don't get mixed up and give us the one thinking that's the best. Oh, please do. We've got time. We'll come find you. <laughs> that we, we, that this pandemic is nearing an end. We will hunt you down. Say that's I've got nothing but time. You know, we'll get a Winnebago and start knocking on doors. Excuse me, you left a one-star review on iTunes for the Dell and Emerson Show, and we'd just like to talk a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. Tell us how you could do this better. Please tell, I'm just kidding. My self-esteem could not handle it. If you don't like it, keep your thoughts to yourself and find some other way to spend your time. That's right. Look at your set. Celebrate. Oh, I was so happy today because I did um, the Liberty Diner QAF podcast. Uh, with the, the, so, you know, I got to, I got to return to, to um, Pittsburgh and talk a little bit about my journey on Queer Spoke, which I am always uh, willing to talk to and grateful. And uh, so um, just it's had such a good time. It's iconic and important. I yeah. watched my first episodes of Queer as Folk as a very not out of the closet homosexual at Baylor University driving up to Dallas, watching them on a friend's house where he had taped them off on the VCR. Now for all of the young children watching, a VCR is... <laughs> <laughs> That's like your... Now for all of you... Yes, I, I said it wrong. I want to get it right. It's the Liberty Diner Dish Queer as Folk podcast. Excellent host was Ishelle, we rhymed, and it was just a great, it was like sitting down and talking to a friend. I don't think we have any live viewers that didn't own a VHS. Judging by how many in our audience are already vaccinated, we might still <laughs> be in our demographic. We have lived this group. So yeah. John Martin said, I still have a VCR. See? I have one too. I have one too. My daughter Rebecca has it right now. She's she's like put all my stuff on digital. Don't no? it's so nice to be able to do that. My uh my father went through a phase doing that, and I was like, you know, there's probably some of those we don't need. I don't know that I need every high school talent show to be accessible digitally. I think I'd like to see some of them. I'd you like know, I'd like to see your talent shows. Um, 
I might find it and post it for y'all. My father has me singing This Is The Moment at my high school graduation. And it is the most adorably high school choir boy, pure, legit, this is the moment. Like I walked right out of the Sunday morning church choir and up to that microphone. To did you, was, it, was there drama involved? Did you do a little, did we on that key change, that unnecessary key change? No, I was just worried about hitting that big note. So what you probably saw was me like gritting my fists and taking a big old deep breath. This is the moment. Oh yeah, that's always bad when it doesn't happen. It did. Oh, good, good. Proud of you, Emerson. Proud of you. Do you have anything else to say? Well, I got an extreme haircut as some you of you did. Know. Everyone, yes. please give Dell comments. You know, to the uh, iTunes listeners, it looks wonderful. Well, okay. It's the, the, the reason is I cannot, you know, I'm having surgery a week from Thursday on my total replacement of my shoulder. I'm pausing for the sympathy. I'm just pausing just a little bit, just to, oh. And uh, I just, I can't, I, I can't shower for two weeks. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to cut cut it all off. I didn't do it. Kendall, my 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 man, my hairdresser did it. Now, Dell and I have discussed off air, and I'm saying it here again so that you all can help me hold him accountable. He has committed to, as soon as he is capable of holding that cell phone in his hand, to doing some ramblings while he's high on the pills. Yes, uh, I, I promise I will do some ramblings on my Instagram, and I will be... On the, on, I'll be pilling, y'all. I will be pilling. Um, oh, look, the compliments are rolling in. Leanne said, love the hair, Del. John said, makes you look younger for the win. Yes. Thank you, Johnny Hartman. Comment of the day. <laughs> so, that's it. And thank you all so much. We will see you on Friday. Yes, thank you. I'm, I'm going to go see if I can get late or something. I'm uh, really just here for the compliments. Uh no, I'm ready to be done with mine. This wig is too much. It's like, well, you can now it's at a level where you could put a ponytail in it. Not and quite. I could do that, you know, Ray from Star Wars. I could do the like double yeah. pony, like one up here and then one at the bottom. How about that one up here where there's the, it's hanging and then there's uh, this that's not that's not Christian. That should be cut off. Uh, <laughs> that, that top of the head bun is unacceptable. <laughs> Mm. There is right. lots of positive support for the pill and rambling. Can you please call it that? My pill and rambling. I should make a new uh, Instagram. But here's the problem. I'm scared I'm going to do it and I'm not going to remember and I'll say things I shouldn't. And that's probably the point though, right? Yeah. Right. And that's the only reason I'm interested here. I'll say, oh, I'll tell secrets about Leslie Jordan or something. There are no secrets about Leslie Jordan. <laughs> Who am I kidding? I know. Y'all, we have often discussed... The problem is Dell and Leslie don't have any secrets. They just mention it all. It's mention it all. We will tell. But I have I have gone after people uh, when I was on Ambien that I probably should not have uh, on uh, Facebook, and I had to delete them. Those comments the next day, and I apologize if that person is watching. Oh, <laughs> I hope they're past it. Look, if somebody y'all say so y'all still hanging on to that, let it go. Let it go. Well, so, all right. We're, what we're supposed we, to do here is the LGBTQ news and nonsense. And we've got some to share with y'all. We actually got a big show. We're going to do a dinner mask mandate, an anti-vaxxer who got pranked with a porn star, gay Captain America, a gay North Korean defector, Capital Riot Coffee, Vision's Penis, Pantene Pro Trans, mm -hmm. a weekend outing, and Biden for Bottoms. 
Well, the penis and the bottoms got my attention. That's Let right. They, 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 you, one goes right into the other. So, yes. to speak. so to speak, I will. I am grabbing every fruit that hangs low today. Yes, you are. You Starting off, Mar-a-Lago had to shut down over the weekend, and I find that hilarious because of a COVID. A club member and receptionist confirmed it that it was closed until further notice. An email to members said the dining room and beach club were shut down to be sanitized after several employees were in quarantine after testing positive. The email said the health and safety of our members and staff is our highest priority. And I don't want anybody to get sick, but if we recall, they've sure had an awful lot of functions there where they didn't seem to care. Why yeah, not? It's like, you know, they, were, they had super spreader events and now they're being, oh, we're going to be conscientious. We're our, our, your safety, you know. It's a little bit like trying to close the barn door once the cows are already out. I know there's something going on though, because you know, a DT. Uh, that's like a someone was writing DT the other day. I thought that's just like in the south. Yeah, you know, my uncle DT. Uh, well, uh -huh. DT. You know, now says he got vaccinated and telling people to get vaccinated. So it's interesting. There's it, that's interesting to me. Well, it never made sense to me that he wasn't as big on the the shots and masks and everything anyway, given what a germaphobe he's supposed to be. Deet. Right. Like that what that off it deet. Deet. Deet said. Deet. Deet. Uncle Deet. Uncle Deet. You know, I had an ant bug. Her husband was not named Uncle Deet, but it sure would seem, seem like it should. I believe her name was Victoria. I'm not sure how we got to Bug. Well, it's not as, that is, that's pretty good, Bug, but it's not as good as Joe Pat Ward's Aunt Booger. I mean, that is, I mean, <laughs> y'all, let people grow past their childhood nicknames. The trauma of that. Aunt Booger. And I, I, I love that um, I, my friend Greg from Murfreesboro to the sea, he had a, an uncle and they called him brother going growing up. And then he just became uncle brother. No incest. All I hear is incest. That's all I get from that. My uncle brother. Did you fuck your uncle? Oh, OK. Uh, moving on. Uh, the Legends Diner is <laughs> as Emerson continues to pick low hanging fruit. I am going to tell you about this diner. It's a 50 styles diner in Denton, Texas. We've all been there uh, just north of Dallas come up with a unique solution to dealing with customers who complain about masks. They put up a sign that says $50 if I have to explain why masks are mandatory, 75 if I have to hear why you disagree. Now, owner Wayne Lacombe told the Dallas Morning News, I just can't afford to get the virus. We have to shut our business down. And the majority of our customers are over 60 and he said that most of them found it humorous, but a patron, a patron on Facebook said he did not trust restaurant owners for medical advice. Well, there to your left in the nice fuchsia blouse, Kat Lacombe, co-owner and Wayne's wife, she let him have it. And I love her. She said, this is Kat, owner of Legends Diner. I do have a medical degree, 28 years as a registered nurse specializing in oncology. Also five years teaching. With my background in healthcare, I feel that we are doing the right thing. At the restaurant, we comply with city and state mandates, but some things must be done without someone telling you to. 
We wash each table with peroxides. We've removed several tables to provide a safer distance when masks are removed. We use disposable salt and pepper, disposable menus. All of these costs, they're extra, but we believe that it is worth it. All we ask that customers wear a mask as they walk past another person that is eating and not wearing a mask. Sure doesn't seem like a lot, of, lot to ask, but apparently it is. I, with my husband, try to protect and respect the people who come to our restaurant. The sign was sort of a joke. It was aimed at people who feel the need to try to argue. And of course, they're not wearing masks at the time. No one wants this world to get back to normal more than small business owners. Thank you. I appreciate you, that you made her so angry. <laughs> I think the cat's pissed off. I feel like she's a little Done. bit off. Uh, the, I love them. I read a little bit more about them. And this, this diner, like 10 years ago, she told him when they retired, she wanted to open this diner. They love diner food. They only opened in 2019, so they'd barely been open a year when the pandemic hit. And I just love that she's how dedicated they are, Dis disposable salt and pepper, everything. And then she said, look, I've been a nurse for 28 years. I will let you have it. You know what I want to do? What? I want to drive to Denton when I'm in Dallas next and have some lunch at that diner, the Legends I Diner. I believe I will. My parents are McKinney. It's already halfway to Denton anyway. Denton's practically Oklahoma. I know. That's where we shot Daddy's Dine, Who's Got the Wheel, just right outside of Denton. So we stayed oh. in Denton at the lovely Holiday Inn. And was it lovely? No, it was okay. <laughs> but it was, it was the only game in town back then. It was either that or stay in Dallas. So we, we decided we, had, we would rather get up at, you know, 5.30 and not 5. Uh, yes. I love that so much. I love that they just said, look, you can do what you want, but there's a surcharge. I'm not going to argue with it. It's 50. And if you argue, it's 75. Done. It's right there on the door. Just think of it as a service tip. So, um, uh, hold on. I need to go back because a couple of people had some family names to offer in the discussion. Leanne Noble had an Aunt Cooch. Oh, Aunt Cooch. Uh -uh. Aunt Cooch sounds a little wild. Uh-uh. Hey, that coach seen a lot. Uh, Rob said I had an Uncle Huff because he smoked cigs. Real literal. <laughs> Ken had an Aunt Biddy. I like that. But what did they call her Biddy when she was young? Because, you know, an old Biddy, a young Biddy, was, it, was she young? Or did it happen when she got up there? And Victor said my niece calls my Aunt Vivo. I like that. I had an Aunt Hortense, and um, or she's still she's still with us. Aunt Hortense, that we called her Aunt Shorty. Aunt Shorty, and she was, was tall. tall. I asked my I asked my grandmother one time, why do we call Aunt Shorty? Aunt Shorty, she's kind of tall, and she said, well, she's real little, and then she shot up. That was <laughs> great. She shot up. Uh huh. Be like, but that's it. Once you got it, that name has stuck. Yeah, I talked to her last week. <clears throat> I'm so glad. All right, up next, uh, there is a author named Naomi Wolf. She wrote a book examining the persecution of homosexuality in Victorian Britain. Interesting, right? Well, the publisher canceled the U.S. release of the book because it turns out she got a whole bunch of facts wrong. That's awkward. 
Now online, she's seen as being extremely anti-vax. So in January, she claimed she heard an Apple employee boasting about attending a top secret demo where they had a new tech to deliver vaccines with nanoparticles that let you travel back in time. Um, um, absolutely. That's why I'm waiting to get my shot. If you could go back in time, where would you go? I don't know. Just, I think I sure would have to go see Jesus walk the Via Dolorosa. Oh, I don't know. I think I'd want to go see. I, I, <laughs> I don't need to see him do that. Yeah, I thought you were going to go for that one that you always mention around Easter that never gets any attention. Yes, Simon, Simon of Samarine. I want to talk to him. I want to know. Like Simon does not, he does not get enough credit. <laughs> Took that cross up the hill when Jesus. I mean, he carried like that story would not have ended well if Jesus just hadn't been able to finish that trip. You know what I'd like to do? I mean, this Please is a little sentimental. I'd like to go back to my nana's dining table and sit with my mother and my great grandmother and my nana just and have a conversation. That's what I would like to do if I could go back in time. That is so sweet. And I'd like to visit Oscar Wilde in Reading Jail and say, was it really worth being so sassy on the stand? You wouldn't have ended up in prison if you just kept your mouth closed, Tomo. Oh, but you gave us such good quotes. He would have given us much more. He went to prison, went to Reading Jail, got out and died a year later. He, if he had just let it go. Yes. Are anyway, you done with this story? No, I don't I even got the real part of the story. So reporter Kim Klippenstein slipped into Naomi Wolf's DMs the other day and sent her this photo that I'm gonna share on the screen. Uh, there it is. So it's there on the left. The, it was a photo and it said, hello, Dr. Wolf, I'm a huge fan of your outspokenness. On the photo of a man in scrubs, there is the quote, if a vaccine is effective, then why do you need to pressure people to take it? Informed consent means letting patients make their own choices. From a Dr. John Sims, MD. The only problem here, and she retweeted, she shared it out to all her followers from that DM. The problem is there is no Dr. John Sims, MD. However, there is a Johnny Sims, an adult performer who dressed up as a doctor for a scene once. So she sure did send out this quote on a porn scene. Like it was from a doctor saying, look, if people don't want to get vaccinated, that is their informed choice to make. I just love that. <laughs> he just, he that just brings me such joy. You asshat, tell everyone everywhere that you can find, get that vaccine. I'm passionate about it. My mother cannot get one because of health concerns. And the point of all of us getting it is so then we reach herd immunity and then the people in our communities that have vulnerable immune systems and can't take the shot are still protected because the rest of us have. There you go. Amen. Amen. Praise Jesus. All right. Well, we have some uh, some some good news. Uh, not good news. It's good and not because uh, I love it when someone takes something and they they uh, make something good out of something bad. And that's what out comedian and star of Mean Girls, Danny uh, Francesi posted a video to YouTube last week explaining that he was fired from a hosting gig at Catholic College Walsh University in North Canton, Canton, Ohio for being gay. He said they approached him about hosting the school's Mr. Walsh pageant. He read an email from the school's director uh, of student activities that said, I am following up via email 
from my conversation with Gary, and that's his manager, regarding how the institution has decided to no longer approve the contract for Daniel. I'm incredibly disappointed and sincerely apologetic for this is, I know, unprofessional and clearly based on personal beliefs of the higher administration. Please give Danny my sincerest, serious apologies. He got this letter the day after the Catholic uh, Church reinforced that they cannot bless same-sex unions. And here's what uh, Daniel said. He said, it can cause a ripple effect of discrimination and bigotry to further alienate and harm LGBTQ people and our livelihoods. To the LGBTQ students at Walsh, because I know you're there. I am so sorry that I can't be there with you. I imagine that you're feeling frustrated and isolated right now, but you must know that God knows everything about you and loves you just as you are. No Vatican statement can change that. No university action can change that. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. And he says, this is what I love. He says now he's going to, as a result of this, he is going to do a benefit show for the Trevor Project at the gay bar, the nearest one to the campus after the pandemic. So I love it so much. You know, and what's crazy about that, beyond you know the the statement that the church made last week, is that he has been such a positive out example for years now. So it's not like this was a secret that they were asking this homosexual movie star and comedian to come host the Mr. Walsh pageant. Like, I I wonder if it didn't get all the way up the chain, like they were excited and loved him. Um, and then somebody above was like, oh wait, no. But it's just interesting because that is so strongly a part of who he is, stepping up and being an out actor and entertainer. And then finding it, not just sharing the shitty story, turning it into an opportunity uh, for him to still support the community there. It's just such an awesome, awesome player. A very sweet person too. I met him at uh, on Cabaret, Lauren Weedman, uh, when he was on Looking and she was performing uh, on Cabaret and I was performing that night. And he came up to me and we just had a great conversation and I, I follow him on Twitter. I love, I just love his activism. It's so, it's so important. And so um, yep. I, I can't wait for him to do that show at the gay bar closest to the campus. Yes, like as close to gay, I hope it's across the street. Yes. Um, all right, up next. So, you know, um, I feel like you probably haven't watched the new Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney Plus. I just thought that might not be, uh, but it is the, the a show about two good friends of Captain America dealing uh, with losing him. And it was just announced this week uh, that a gay Captain America is being introduced for Pride Month in a special issue coming out June 2nd. Aaron Fisher is the new LGBTQ Captain America, a fearless teen who stepped up to protect fellow runaways and the unhoused. Marvel's proud to honor Pride Month with him. Uh, the United States of Captain America follows Steve Rogers, teaming up with Captain Americas of the past on a road trip across America to find his stolen shield. Throughout the group's journey, they discover everyday people from all walks of life who've taken up the mantle of Captain America to defend their communities. Writer Josh Trujillo said, Aaron is inspired by heroes of the queer community, activists, leaders, and everyday folks pushing for a better life. He stands for the oppressed and the forgotten. 
Jane Bazaldua, who draws the issue, said, I really enjoyed designing him, and as a transgender person, I'm happy to be able to present an openly gay person who admires Captain America and fights against evil. Of course, as you can imagine, the bigots are upset. Imagine having a gay Captain America. Newsmax host Grant Stinchfield ranted, the country's going bananas. He is a gay Captain America, complete with a nose ring, tats. When he takes off his skull cap there, he's got like a mohawk thing. He's not very muscular. What has this world come to? Uh, radio host Grace Curley added, I'm all for inclusivity. Maybe if they had a conservative superhero or a Trump supporting superhero. I want to back up. This man is awfully worried about Captain America not being muscular enough. He sure is. And just, oh, tattoos and, and piercings and being thin and having a mohawk. You know what that is? Un-American, obviously. Now, who's, who, who made, who's the uh, most famous Captain America? Steve Rogers, Chris Evans, the one from the Marvel movies. So Chris Evans, who, uh, yeah, because I've been, I think Rebecca was telling me about him the other day because I'm watching Defending Jacob. And she said, oh, I said, where did he come from? Where did he pop? And she said, Captain America. I go, oh, that means nothing to me. But um, you haven't seen any of the big Marvel movies yeah. at all? Uh, I get it. It's not, it's okay. It's okay. Not but friend. I just love like, like, it's interesting picking the funny away for a second. What this reveals once again about what a particular kind of bigot thinks of means to be American. Who gets to be American, right? The white guy with the muscles defending the flag, the square-jawed, blue-eyed, dark-haired. That's the best of America. A lankier guy that's got some tattoos and a mohawk. That's not something Americans should aspire to be. You know, it quickly trickles down to like, marginalized people, to people of color, to the, the, this idea that that's not America. It's like black Santa Claus. You know, it's anything that isn't white centric, that isn't holding up a certain kind of white person as the best of us, yeah, is just yeah. offensive to their sensibilities. Well. But, they, and that trickles down to like the real problems we encounter, this Asian hate, all of these things, you know, all of that comes from an idea of what America is, what America should be, who's the most American, so to speak. It's it, it starts in silly things like this, but it leads to, you know, an Asian woman being beaten in the face in San Francisco. Her GoFundMe raised $900,000, though. Wow. She's turning it all back over. Her grandkids went over there, and she's turning it all back over to the AAPI community. Um, but, like, $900,000. Now, who is it? Who, who raised it? Who's raised $900,000? The, the, the 70-year-old Asian woman that got hit in the face in San Francisco uh, last yeah. Wednesday, I believe. Right, right. GoFundMe for her. Over nine hundred thousand dollars, and her grandkids said she said, "Give it to the community." So oh, they're turning it over to the ABA. Oh, how sweet! That is America. That is America. Yes, thank we you. To be a Captain America while they search for that shield. But Emerson, you, as a, a journalist reporter on the very important Dell and Emerson show, you did not say if the the one hundred and and three thousand moms have weighed in. Uh, thank you. Tom. <laughs> if they weigh in, it always ends up in this list. I love you them. love it entirely too much. I, there is not a petition that they start that you don't see. Oh, I got to I, I I bet they do weigh in. I bet it's gonna be they're gonna be upset. Okay, uh, last week I, we talked about Fort Lauderdale's mayor, the openly gay mayor Dean uh, Trentilis, who uh, was making a proclamation 
to recognizing Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church and Westminster Academy and how they had very, very bad history with LGBT uh, anti gay comments and and rhetoric and of course philosophy uh, they're they're uh, I'm just rambling here but uh, they <laughs> you know the way they failed the uh -huh. way they felt about us and so two days later Frank Wright CEO of uh, D James uh, ministry they, who was, what's that they did do the proclamation yes they did do yes they did I'm sorry they did go ahead and do it after a lot of LGBT uh, folks were saying no, 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 no. They need to apologize, and they did had not apologized for past behavior. So two days later, after the proclamation, Frank Riot, CEO of D. James Kennedy Ministry, who is a church member and teaches Sunday school there, went on an anti-LGBTQ rant in a Facebook Live. Truth wins out. Shared the clip of him saying, "I hate to break it to them, but many of our gays and lesbian friends." They've just been used by the left to destroy the historic definition of marriage and change the criteria to only be that of love. If two people love each other or some guy and his Volkswagen, he loves his Volkswagen, he ought to be able to marry his Volkswagen. Oh. He went on to accuse the mayor of manipulating the church, saying, so the message to the current pastor of the Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church is sure, if you stop teaching that stuff in the Bible about what God says about human sexuality and about the wrath of God and it will that will fall upon sin, then we can all get along together. Kind of Rodney King theology. Why can't we all just get along? So, you know, he's not going to just spew some um, anti-gay shit. He's going to like throw in a little racism there just to, you know, just to blend it up, make sure the bigotry is uh, evenly matched. Um, we, we, but even hidden within that reasonableness, he says, even within the velvet glove, when the even within the velvet glove is still a fist. I don't know. I just, it's just like, it's not even, it's not even good. Well, it's you know, it's it's an interesting reinforcement though. What we talked about the first time, right? It's interesting that the mayor is in a strange position. A truth wins out rightfully wants uh, proof of real change. And then you instantly have somebody important in their ministry and a Sunday school teacher say, not only have they not changed, I'm going to throw in some race, casual racism along the way, uh, mocking Rodney King. Um, and that he is saying that the mayor is suspicious as well. So it's like the mayor is in the middle with both sides saying this, like, it's not enough both directions. Yeah, he's, he's basically saying you dupe the church. You dupe the church trying to make us pro-gay, we are not pro-gay, uh, and then he had to throw in the Volkswagen. Like, I, you know, I mean, I did at least appreciate the creativity of that. That is not what I've heard before. You know, we usually hear marry your dog, marry your whatever. A Volkswagen is, is specific. Ken said, I think most Volkswagens are tops. I disagree, Ken. That's not true. They because it's it, it's. I just want to say, you know, it's where you put in the gas. I'm sorry. Um, well, is it different on Volkswagens than other things? No, but I'm just saying the Volkswagen is the bottom. Oh, so you're saying all cars are bottoms because yeah, they have all gas, cars, a gas yeah. intake. Now, now, this conversation is just about as logical. <laughs> now, here's the thing, though. I think there's some cars that could be versatile, versatile, 
Because if they've got a certain kind of hood ornament, there's an option. I have never seen a hood ornament that I want inside of me, Emerson. Well, I'm not. Well, I don't know anybody that wants to fuck the gas intake either. But if we're going with his metaphor, if there's a hole to put it in, you know, I guess you could put a flashlight in the muffler. <laughs> if it was a jaguar, you could sit on that that tiger at the front, maybe that jaguar at the front. I think we should just take this clip of our show, and we need to send it to Frank Riot, the CEO of D James Kennedy Ministries, to say we're thinking about it. Say, this so is, we're, about trying to, we're, we're trying to make it work. Victor we, wondered, are pickups tops? Though? Yes, they are. The pickups are tops. Okay. Now, is an El Camino versatile? Because it's like half car, half truck? It's versatile. Yes. That's, okay. you're, 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 finally, you're getting it right now, Emerson. Well, so is a Prius like a power bottom? Because you can't hear it coming? <laughs> I will be pulling this clip to advertise that we are now available on iTunes. Yes. What I used to like about this show is, look, if you didn't catch it live... Nobody's watching it on my YouTube after the fact. Um, <laughs> as Todd said, a gas hole. Uh, I'm going to call it a gas hole a time or two in my life, too. Xana uh, said, I have, a, I have a bread truck named Thelma. She's a butch dyke. So oh. see? Oh, I like that. I feel like postal trucks are also lesbians. <laughs> just get the work done. Well, any U-Haul is. <laughs> now, is the ice cream truck a twink? Is that silly music? Uh, we might have fallen over. Oh, what's a hearse? An old queen? Oh, <laughs> we're never gonna. We're never gonna go. We're never gonna finish the show. Ever. I love that you always put if time for this story. We get so sidetracked. We never have if time. I've given up. Now, y'all. This is what. Here's the other thing, though. If I don't move on, we never move on. Because no matter when I think I'm gonna tell the last story, you always have. I believe it's time for a commercial, Emerson. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Dell and Emerson Show. If you enjoy what we do here, the silly and the serious and LGBTQ news, if you're sitting on a lot of money and can't figure out what to do with it, you can send us a dollar, five, ten, a hundred, several thousand if your heart was so moved. Uh, you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. It's in the ticker below. We appreciate those who choose to contribute. It is not obligated. Thank you to Kelly and Matt Burton who have already contributed today via the Venmo. We are grateful. Oh, that's very sweet. Thank y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Leanne, one more. How about a motorcycle? Uh-uh. That's that frat boy at the party that drinks the trash can punch and then says, watch this. Uh, uh, Zana also said, I read in the chat room where she said, you need to put this in your stand-up. I think reading that Volkswagen quote and going into this whole this hole, this rabbit hole of uh, automobiles. That's right. Off we go. All right, I will move on. Uh, I don't know how many of you are watching RuPaul's Drag Race UK that ended over a week ago. I loved it. The show was excellent. Uh, but a story, Alan Carr, probably most familiar to US audiences is one of the judges on Drag Race UK, but he's also a well-known flamboyant talk show host, comedian, and host of The Masked Singer in the UK. He and uh, Graham Norton, that's what I was trying yeah. to get to, all are on the judging panel, and I just love them both. Well, he was doing a show in the UK called DNA Journey. It's a genealogy series, and he revealed that the first time his sexuality came up 
he and his mother were using a Ouija board. He explained, me and my mom used to do the Ouija board. Don't do that. I got outed by a Ouija board. I was doing it with my mom. I wasn't out yet, as if I was ever in. And she got a message from my dad's friend called Sinbad. He said, H-O-M-O-S-E, homosexual. I went, bye. I'm not being outed by a ghost. He does think now that she was moving it herself. He said, I think she was pushing the glass. That is quite a unique way of getting your son to come out, Satan. He said, he doesn't believe in Ouija boards, particularly after one of them called his mother a slut. Can well, you imagine? I mean, I can't. I was raised good Southern Baptist, and Ouija boards were definitely of the devil. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, absolutely. I would, we would, the Ouija boards were satanic. We could not, we could not, and, you know, it's just like the. Rose I do remember one and being like, no, like genuinely, like, I can't do that. I'm sure it was made by Hasbro or Milton Bradley. I don't think it was really like from the occult, but I was terrified. Somebody Google that. Um, what yeah. If the Ouija board was going to spill your secrets, can you imagine? Can you imagine doing a Ouija board with your mother and she had done and it had done H O M O S? Go, I'm not, I'm not, Mama. The Ouija board's wrong. Um, I'd be pushing it around trying to spell out football. I'd be like, oh, no, F O O T B A L. Stop. Uh, wait, it's Carr, the guy with the weird laugh. Uh, sure. Maybe they needed an Eskimo, a psychic Eskimo. I just, John said, Ouija's are dangerous. Tarot's can give you trouble too. Yes, that's a, none, of, none of that stuff. That was all of the occult, y'all. All I of mean, the, There was so much we could not do as Baptist. But also when you think about it, that's a lot of work for the devil to be worried about some pretty playing cards. That's true. That's okay. true. I just, I have to, even, I'm still affected. I mean, I still have PTSD about all that shit. I watched Rosemary's Baby the other day for the first time and yeah. I didn't sleep that night. I didn't sleep, you know, that devil, that devil kid, where, where is he? Um, anyway. Well, that's like, no, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the new one on Netflix that Caroline Ray made a cameo on at one point. Uh, they would do like the way we say, oh my God, they would be like, oh my Satan. Like they would reverse all of the sayings, you know, and say, hell no, heaven no. And every time they said like hell or stuff, I was like, that's so ingrained in me. I just like uncomfortable. No. PTSD. You know what I say, Emerson? Get what? thee behind me, Satan. Why? Uh, that's why, because he's a top? <laughs> All right. Uh, what's that? Moving on. Okay, so continuing to keep up with the anti-trans legislation, South Dakota Governor Christy Noem has refused to sign a bill that would ban trans athletes from playing sports in schools and colleges, but not to be supportive. This is so interesting. She's excited, was excited to sign it recently. She does not want, she absolutely does want to ban trans students from competing in high school sports and the gender they identify with, but she doesn't want to ban for colleges because she's worried about college sports. It's the almighty dollar here comes in there. She's worried that the organizations like NCAA might avoid holding games in the state. Rather than veto it, she is now using the style and form changes, so you get a little history, little government here on the Dell and Emerson show to make the edits she wants so the legislature can make them and she can sign the revised law. At the same time, she wants to create a coalition 
called Defend Title IX Now with government officials, athletes, and everyone who cares about defending women's sports so that when enough states join, the NCAA cannot possibly punish us all. More than 50 college athletes have signed a letter to the NCAA to keep championships out of states with trans exclusionary laws. So does that make sense, everybody? It's like she doesn't want it in college because she wants to make sure they actually get it. And she thinks that they do it now. They could lose uh, via Title IX. And so she's going out of her way to make a whole other organization to help them achieve also banning uh, trans women in sports in college. So she's actually one of the worst. But one of the slightly positive things some activists have said is it gives more time to work in South Dakota. Uh, but she is one of the most, quote, excited to make sure they get this law on the books. Um, so keeping an eye on that, it is one of the fastest moving in the country. It's really frustrating to continue to see. Um, I wanted to share a, a story. I had never heard of this man. Uh, and I thought it was interesting thinking about our community around the world. Uh, this is Jan Yongjin. In 1997, he made the dangerous journey across the demilitarized zone from North to South Korea to escape. So he that's the hardest way he had gone to China uh, and then that didn't work. And so he got across the demilitarized zone. He underwent months of questioning until he finally admitted it was because he was not attracted to his wife, he was gay. He is the only gay defector from North Korea ever known publicly. In North Korea, he was hospitalized for conversion therapy, meeting other men there for the same. And then he was still even recommended to see psychologists once he got to South Korea. Said in North Korea, he didn't even have language to talk about why he wasn't uh, attracted to his wife, why he was miserable in his marriage. The concept didn't even exist in his world. So a year later in 98, he read an article about gay men coming out with a picture of two men kissing from an American movie in a magazine where he had done an interview. And he finally understood and wrapped around that he was gay. In 2004, he met an air steward who swindled him out of his entire life savings and all of his belongings. Mm. He ended up in the hospital for a month from it, lost his job, and ended up homeless. He knows also that his family in North Korea was banished to a northern village to perform hard labor in the freezing cold, and his mother and four of his siblings died there from illness and hunger. So all of that happened around his journey out of North Korea. He did get a job as a cleaner. He saved to rent a new home. And he wrote an autobiography called A Mark of Red Honor that was published in 2015. Now, last year, he met a Korean-American restaurant owner on a dating site and came to the U.S. to visit him. And lockdown gave them time to get to know each other with picnics and wine drinking. And after two months, the other man, Min Soo, proposed. He's now finalizing documents to prove his first marriage in North Korea is over. And they hope to marry later this year, he says. I always felt fearful, sad, and lonely when I lived alone. I'm a very introverted and sensitive person, but he is an optimistic man, so we are good for each other. I just thought, like, the journey of that, to live in a, in a country, in a culture so closed, he didn't even understand the concept of being gay, knowing he was miserable and needing to get out after being in the hospital repeatedly in North Korea, escaping, losing all of his belongings, because it's not easy for defectors even in South Korea, on top of being gay, meeting a man, losing everything, and then finally just now, almost 25 years later, meeting a man here in the U.S. Uh, that he can spend the rest of 
uh, hopefully the rest of a very happy life together. He's 62 now. I just that would be a Yes, absolutely. Well, I hope somebody, I'm sure there's a, a gay Korean American writer who could option that book and help uh, yeah. tell that story with him and for him because what a fascinating journey through the culture wars, the conflict between the Koreas there and all of that and coming out. Just thinking he in 1998, he was reading that magazine. It's like Will and Grace was premiering on the air here. You know, think yeah. about we were still very early, even in our pervasive pop culture journey, as he saw two Americans in a movie kiss in a magazine and went, I see myself there. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we got some bigot news. Um, Adam Newbold. He just sounds like a bigot. Adam uh -huh. Newbold. He owns the C4 coffee shop in Lisbon, Ohio. He's a former Navy, Navy SEAL and was at the Capitol on January 6th. He said he saw patriotic, angry Americans, but it insists he did not enter the Capitol or participate in rioting and tried to de-escalate it. Well, now he has put up this video on the right wing uh, site Rumble announcing the customers he does not want. Now, here's what he said. If you voted for Joe Biden, don't buy our coffee. It's not for you. If you believe there was nothing wrong with this election, don't buy our coffee. It's not for you. If you feel that America is on the right track and there's nothing wrong with gender neutral, don't know which bathroom to use, use whichever bathroom you feel like during the day. Don't buy our coffee because it's not for you. He also said that people who support kneeling as a form of protest are banned as well. He owns an um, advanced training group worldwide, which I have a feeling is not all that worldwide, uh, which consults for the military and law enforcement agencies. So y'all, y'all, you're in uh, Lisbon, Ohio, do not go to C4 Coffee Shop. Do not buy his coffee. It is not for you. I I can't, you know, it's almost like, you know, because it's like unlike wedding cakes and things, there's so many coffee shops. C4 Coffee, I mean, it's literally named after an explosive. There's a part of me that almost admires him just saying, I'm a bigot. Don't drink my coffee. I mean, that is just so blatant. It's racist. It's bigoted. It's transphobic. And he's just saying... That's a lot of effort for coffee. You know, by the, when people come into your shop, they don't want to talk yet. They haven't had their coffee. Who's sparking up giant debates in this C4 coffee shop on the deep, challenging issues of our culture? Well, I was wondering if this, you know, this coffee, it's not for you. Is there something special for, I mean, is there some kind of little special right wing potion uh, 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 coffee? No, you have to walk in and say, excuse me, I'd like the bigot blend. <laughs> uh, do, do you want that with cream? No. Mm -mm. Bigot blend, that's I good. Didn't end it with, and we don't have any of that East Coast elite oat milk, almond milk. Milk oh, I come from a nut. I'm going to call them. I think I'm going to call them and ask them if they have any uh, alternative creamers. I have a feeling they don't. Alternative creamers. I kind of appreciate that because I don't understand why we call it almond milk. Almonds don't have titties. <laughs> it's no way they do not. It's just almond paste. It's almond juice. Coconut milk. Coconut milk. It's just the water from inside. Like coconuts don't have titties, teats. Why is it milk? Because it doesn't sound as good to just say almond juice. We um, say grape juice. We say fruit juice. 
Nuts don't have juice, they have milk. I like that, you know, I made that vegan enchilada casserole and you did not want the recipe for it the other day. I did not. But I just love buying things. It's everything's alternative. It's like uh, groundless, meatless, you know, but it always has the word meat. We're yeah. trying to be something we're not. Right. Well, I have said before, you know, it's sometimes in the naming, you know, you eat food and your taste expectations based on the name of things. Um, vegetarian lasagna doesn't taste as good as regular lasagna. But if you just called it eggplant noodle dish, I might be like, oh, this is delicious. <laughs> and then I just want, I just want to, this alternative cheese does not melt they need to put that on the packages you cannot make nachos melts very weirdly <laughs> will melt strange which is interesting because i don't think there's any actual cheese related substance in Velveeta, and it's melt it melts wonderfully well that's because it's all oil that's what, right a bunch of oil in it <laughs> so, um, oh, all right. Velveeta. Velveeta is so good. I could make some white trash queso. Um, I said white trash. It's just regular queso. Well, <laughs> it's white trash. All right. What's on. Velveeta trashy? Velveeta cheese substance. You know, look, I will eat squeeze cheese straight from the can. Y'all cannot use my you taste. Just, will you just do this? You just like, huh? I don't actually, but I sure as will fill a Tostito scoop all the way up across the top and eat it like it's a tiny. Uh, tortilla pie. It's not awful. I have to it's say. Not, I love it. Um, all right. Up next. Now, the funny part of that story comes in a second, but I want to acknowledge Joss Whedon, the creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, has been under fire a lot in the last year and a half. Justice League actor Ray Fisher said he was abusive on the set of that movie. Angel actress Charisma Carpenter put out a lengthy statement in support of him about the toxic hostile workplace she experienced as well and really want to support performers talking about their workplaces. Uh, but it leads to an amusing story that Paul Bettany, who plays Vision on WandaVision and in the Marvel movies, shared. Um, for those of you who have not seen and for Dell, so that you can, here is a photo of Paul Bettany as Vision. It, he's an android in the Marvel universe. Well, Paul Bettany told the Conan O'Brien the story that Joss Whedon wanted Vision to be born in the movie Avengers Age of Ultron with a penis. He remembers Whedon thinking, he has to have a penis, right? I mean, because he's naked and he's being bored. He added, everybody was like, I'm not sure that's such a great idea for Vision for him to sort of rise up out of the crypt, as it were, with a, you know, a penis. And he said, I need, I need him to. I need to see his penis. So he directed the Marvel team to create appropriately nude versions of Vision. He says, Artists were sent away to sort of do all these renderings of Vision being born with a penis. And they put them all up on this huge wall at Marvel Studios and they invited in Joss and Joss stood in front of this huge wall and he went, never have I been more sure that I don't need to see Vision with a penis. <laughs> but I just enjoy thinking of how many thousands and thousands of dollars were being paid to graphic artists, to special effects designers, to create, because you know you can't just bring in one, so they had to create five, 10 different versions of Vision's penis, different sizes, whether he's circumcised or not, the number of- I was gonna ask, is Vision's cut or uncut? Well, assuming he's being born out of nothing, there'd be no one to circumcise him, so I would think that they would have him born intact. It'd be weird, I guess, if you, if you really thought it through. 
But like at that level of that many millions of dollars in such a giant franchise, dozens of people went away to work on this character's theoretical penis being born as a fully grown man. How big is it? Uh-huh. Can you imagine the discussions? Is he a grower? Is Vision a shower? You know, is one ball hang a little lower than the other? Are they a little off kilter? Well, I noticed in that picture you did, it didn't look like he had much of a package. Well, you know, I think that's one of the big things they go through on superheroes is like, how prominent do you make it without like being offensive or not, making it seem like something? There I mean, is Well, that's, maybe that's my problem with all these, you know, these, these comic book movies. I, I need to see the outline. Well, it's why I loved comic books growing up was all of those skin tight spandex suits reading like Justice League was like practice like, ooh, look at that butt. They turn around and it's like, yeah, it's colored because they have on a spandex shoot, but it's basically a naked person. Right. Like you are. I don't know what this means, John, but I'm going to read it anyway. He said, Android penis is a little chewy. (laughs) I don't know what it means either, but it made me laugh. All right. (laughs) Well, Pantene has released a heartwarming ad with a positive message featuring a trans girl and her lesbian moms. Her moms, Ashley and Ellie, uh, and the girl uh, Sawyer says, our family motto is everybody loves everybody. No matter what path you follow, it means I can be who I am no matter what. Ashley says once she told us that she identified as a girl, she immediately grew her hair out. I remember the first time she was out in the community wearing the clothing she wanted and her hair. And she was kind of, her, she was herself. That was the first day I saw her. Pantene posted that about the ad and said, hair is a large part of our identity. And for LGBTQ plus youth like Sawyer who chose to express themselves, who choose to express themselves, their style and their creativity through their hairstyle, it can help them feel seen. And Sawyer gives the best advice. She says, just be yourself and don't let anybody tell you who you are. Gorgeous. I just love it. And you know, these campaigns, when you see yourself, thinking about uh, kids seeing themselves in her and seeing a family willing to share their journey. And it's really lovely. You think about all the things we take for granted that become uh, you know, that are a part of trans people's journeys and those experiences, seeing yourself, the way you groom yourself, all of these different uh, parts of uh, feeling seen uh, in the world. And just so sweet. It was, <laughs> I loved the video. I watched the whole thing. Yep. Just absolutely lovely. I called it Pantene Pro Trans because it used to be Pantene Pro V, but I feel like they don't say the Pro V part as often anymore. Oh, I don't remember that. I just remember Pantene. Oh, as a kid, there was a big like pro vitamins, like Pantene Pro V for when I was a kid. Oh, oh, I see. That's why that name, that's why it made me I think see. of that. And then, <laughs> actually, interesting. It's not, I know, I realize. Um, okay, and one final, like delightfully delirious thing. Uh, President Biden is doing his first fundraiser for somebody else. And this was the headline the Atlanta Journal Constitution put out that said a presidential first. Biden will hold fundraiser for bottoms this week. Now, I don't know when he's going to get around to the tops, but he is first fundraiser will be for bottoms. Obviously, it is for Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, but and I can only imagine how exhausted she is with hearing the jokes, but I'm a five-year-old and it's funny to me every time. It's like I wanted her to be, I want her to be on a VP ticket somewhere, you know. So it's like, what if she was VP when Pete Buttigieg ran and it'd be like Buttigieg Bottoms? 
I love her. Yeah. So uh, a lot of hard work uh, and a lot of obviously intense work being done in the Atlanta community uh, right now. But here's hoping that Biden will get around to fundraising for the tops and the verses as well at some point. Oh, look. That's the show, isn't it? It is, but we even have time. Do you want to read it or I'll read it? Oh, do you read it? You okay. Yeah, you read it. Um, and then one final thing, I like talking about the things they're doing. This past Sunday, second gentleman, Doug Emhoff, the first Jewish spouse to a VP of the U.S., appeared as a special guest at the virtual National Rainbow Seder to proceed Passover, presented by the GLBTQ Outreach and Engagement at the Edlevich DCJCC, co-sponsored with HRC. Emhoff said, I'm grateful for the opportunity to take part in this celebration of Passover with the LGBT community and ally." I wish I could see all of you in person, but I'm positive that whatever you're wearing looks even better than me in the three-piece suit I wore at my bar mitzvah. The Seder is where I learned from an early age that Passover holds such power. While much progress has been made, the promise of liberty and equality for all LGBTQ individuals remains a crucial struggle in our nation today. This is particularly true for the transgender community and especially for transgender youth and trans women of color. And of course, he reiterated this administration's support for our community, but I loved that, doing his role as second gentleman, being a Jewish man speaking, showing up at the Rainbow Coalition um, for a Seder. Just thought it was a great representation of this, all the members of this administration, you know, that he's clearly happily doing his job as the second gentleman, and then he immediately joined Kamala back on the road uh, talking about the vaccine rollout and things, so. Love it. They Love just it. continue to show care for all of our communities. And that's right. We have to push them and drive them, but it is great work. So, yes, and uh, go ahead. Sorry, you were good. What? I thought you were about to say something. I wasn't. I was, I was say- asking you to put Leanne's message up there if you can, because uh, I just had dinner with Debbie Holiday. That's who I made that enchilada vegan casserole for, and she's got a show tomorrow night. I will be listening, um, and uh, we love her, too. It's tomorrow? It's tomorrow night. Yes. Go to her Facebook, Debbie Holiday, and uh, you can get uh, your ticket. It's a free show, but, you know, always, always, uh, if you can. Yes. Yeah. Um, Well, and if you want to send us a tip one more time on Venmo, that's at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com. It's in the ticker below. And I will keep asking you for a couple of episodes. Please click on the iTunes link and write us a review over there. We've done... 99 episodes. I feel like those some of you have been here for almost every one, and surely you could write some in-depth thoughts on how we well we do here on the show. Uh, so it's there in the chat room. She's hearing your voice and she just keeps staring. Where is he? Where is he? There he is, Gracie. There's your uh, man. It is hi, hun. And yes, to Leanne, who just asked our 100th show is this Friday since the start of the pandemic. This Friday, yes. Our 100th show, crazy. That is bonkers. Wow, 100 of these. We have talked so much. We have, we've said a lot, a lot of, a lot of shit. Uh, all right, y'all, be good to yourself. It's a lot of week left. We are all trucking through it. Take care of yourselves. We'll, we'll see, see you on Friday. on Friday. Bye, y'all. Bye now.